With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Oscar fans. Uh, the Irishman was just released into theaters on November 1st, and Martin Scorsese has moved ahead of Quentin Tarantino in our experts' Oscar predictions for Best Director. Uh, I'm Gold Derby editor Daniel Montgomery here with Susan Wazina and Tom O'Neill. Uh, so first off, Susan, um, tell us about how that Best Director is shaping up right now uh, where our experts are concerned. Well, right now we have um, 28 experts um, taking, uh, making their predictions. And all 28 now are um, predicting Martin Scorsese and 15 are saying he is uh, predicted to win. He has 71 to 20 odds. And uh, has been happening since um, Martin Scorsese joined the race here. Um, his main competition is Quentin Tarantino now who has 26 predicting a nomination and nine predicting a win, and he has four to one odds. And right now his uh, trajectory is that little red arrow that no one wants to see. (laughs) But coming on strong is the director of Parasite, South Korean director Bong Joon-ho. He has 24 predicting a nomination for him, three winning and five to one odds and going up. So uh, he's someone who could sneak in there because uh, he is established. Uh, he did Snowpiercer, he did The Host, and he's he sort of, it, it, it's a foreign film, but it's gonna be up for South Korea for best language, which might create a Roma problem there. But I think it's a very contemporary film that doesn't feel as foreign as some foreign films do, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's very relatable and, and very, you know, well done. I, I think this is probably, you know, his best film yet. So that's an interesting trio. And then um, Noah Baumbach is next with uh, 21 nominating, one winning and six to one odds. And a film most people, I would assume, haven't seen yet. Uh, 1917, Sam Mendes, uh, Levin are predicting a nomination, and he doesn't have any wins, and already his little red arrow is going down. So <laughs> whatever that means, it's probably not good. But um, those are the top five for now. And what's interesting about those top two is that um, – <clears throat> Yeah, Tarantino is considered overdue because he's never won Best Director, but the irony is that he actually has more Oscars than Scorsese uh, because Tarantino won twice as a screenwriter and uh, Scorsese just has just has the one as a director. Um, so, uh, yeah, Tom, uh, what do you think about this race? Um, is, is, does Scorsese have it now? Is he just going to take it out, or are we going to see a surprise? I know you've uh, said you see Bong Joon-ho winning this Oscar before. Yes, on the ground here in Hollywood, the the uh, 
that what you get all the time from Hollywood insiders is, oh, yes, uh, the Irish. Oh, yes, this movie and that movie. But Parasite. Wow. And boy, it's going to win foreign film. I've got uh, Bong winning uh, director. I think there's it, it, when you when you actually feel the the the, the response uh, from established Hollywood. Yesterday, we shot a video with Olivia Wilde that you'll see soon at Gold Derby. And she directed Booksmart. She was there to talk about it. But the minute the camera went off, she went, she says, have you seen Parasite? Oh, my God. Off she went on Parasite. It was a typical example of, of the spotlight syndrome, which was, you know, that year everyone said, oh, The Revenant's going to win and blah, 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 blah. And uh, Inaritu did win, director, of course. But um, the uh, spotlight won picture. It was the thing, the little thing that, that, that was in their hearts. And so that changes the scenario. And you look at the recent trend of nominees, they have been snubbing some of the big commercial films like A Star is Born and Green Book didn't get nominated for director last year. So um, that there, there are other issues there that may have caused that. But we have seen this art house um, preference by voters in this category because directorial achievement is, um, you know, a celebration of the artistry of the filmmaker and that that's where these Oscars often go snobby. So we may be making a mistake assuming the, that it's, um, that it's the, the, the big names, the big uh, auteurs of uh, Scorsese and Tarantino. On the other hand, you can say that these guys who have traded the, uh, the victory crown over and over recently, like, like uh, Inaritu and, um, Quarome have uh, uh, are the equivalent of um, Tarantino and Scorsese because they're beloved. Film. I, I, it's a fascinating race. What do you think, Daniel? Um, I do think it's interesting. Uh, you know, the, with Bong Joon Ho rising with passion for for uh, Parasite uh, as strong as it seems to be, um, this has been. Like, it would be very fitting. It's been the decade of international directors uh, because just in the last 10 years, as you mentioned, Alfonso Cuaron, he won twice. Uh, Alejandro Gonzalez and Yaritu won twice. Ang Lee won his second Oscar for directing for Life of Pi. Um, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Um, so we've seen a very international uh, uh, skew in this category. And, and this past year, we had two foreign language films nominated for Best Director with both Roma and Cold War in there. So I feel like uh, Bong Joon-ho, as that film picks up steam, depending on how many nominations it ends up getting, you know, where it ends up landing, I think, I think, it, I think he is the sleeping giant in this race. Who would you vote for, Daniel? Um, of what I've seen, um, personally, I would vote for uh, Bong Joon-ho. I think I have Martin Scorsese predicted at the moment, just because right now the narrative of sort of legendary filmmaker making his masterpiece and, and um, uh, winning twice, um, I feel like no one will bat an eye to give Martin Scorsese a second Oscar. It's not like, oh, we took care of him already for The Departed, but there's still people still remember he lost for... Uh, Raging Bull, he lost for Goodfellas. You know, yeah, they they still there's still sort of an IOU, and you know, directors like Steven Spielberg and as I mentioned, Ang Lee and Alfonso Cuarón, they've won multiple Oscars for directing in their careers, and certainly uh, Scorsese 
uh, is worthy of being in that company just in terms of his career stature. Uh, so I, I think right now it might be between those two, um, but I, I'm not counting out Tarantino. I think this race is still open, and I am interested in seeing uh, 1917 because that is a director's movie. It is a one-take kind of bravura uh, spectacle that still has its screen, but we know um, the style of it. If it hits, uh, it could hit big in, in a huge way. Susan, who would you vote for? I have a soft spot for Tarantino, and okay. <laughs> I, think, I think he and Martin Scorsese, I think, are probably the most influential American directors right now. I mean, if you see a crime film, you know, both of them will be in there somehow. Just the way still people are, you know, making narratives fractured the way that Pulp Fiction did that's still going on. And I think he he deserves a directing Oscar. Martin can get the best picture if he wants. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think as a director, he should be acknowledged too. But I, do you think, and I, I, I don't feel it here in Hollywood, I, I don't feel that, um, that voters are aware that Tarantino's never won for directing, as Daniel's pointed out, he's won twice for screenplay. So they've seen Tarantino up there on stage and they're not, you know, as sophisticated in terms of little data and this stuff. But if, if the uh, studio gets the narrative out there for Tarantino, he's never won for directing and blah, blah, And I haven't, they, I don't think they've sounded those drums sufficiently. Uh, then I don't think that's so much of a factor. The, I remember the year of Hurt Locker and, uh, it was Avatar, right, and, and Glorious Bastards. And it was a fascinating Oscar year because Harvey Weinstein had nine that year, if I'm recalling the, the year correctly. And uh, Daniel, am I recalling the year correctly? Uh, yeah, that was, um, that was Hurt Locker versus Avatar versus Inglorious Bastard. And the narrative was very much Catherine, Catherine Bigelow versus her ex, uh, James Cameron. And I think that might have kind of overshadowed the, uh, the question. Yes, it, it ended up taking things away. But I remember, oh, it was like the first or second week of December, being in New York, Harvey had a, a luncheon in the Time Warner Center in New York, and um, he was so into uh, Nine. He really thought the musical Nine was his Oscar movie. And I'm, or, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, it's not. It's Tarantino. It's Inglorious Bastards. So I, if anything could take it down, and Inglorious Bastards, I think, had the second or third most nominations. Why I'm mentioning this is a fascinating thing happened come January of that award cycle, and that was I don't live far away from from uh, Spago and 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 all these hot spot uh, parties all the time in in Hills. And uh, this town lit up for Tarantino. There were parties there. Everyone was having parties for Tarantino to get him that last-minute Oscar thing. And maybe it was Harvey just driving them all crazy behind the scenes. You know, you do an event and you do an event. But I think he came close. I think that that movie had a surge at the end there when there was this kind of the anti-Avatar, anti-camera thing going on. And they were looking for an alternative possibly for for Hurt Locker. I think there was a missed opportunity for Tarantino in that movie this year that they didn't realize till the end. They pushed, and I think they came that close to actually pulling it off. So if they turn on those rocket blasters this year for 
for they, meaning the campaign behind Tarantino, they do it again and they do it early enough. I think that they can get that narrative out there and uh, things can help. But there has been a distinct pattern in Oscar voting ever since they introduced VHS tapes and then uh, DVDs and now and now online screeners is that um, the the big big commercial movies don't do as well and there is a obvious slant toward art house movies now probably because the voters are actually seeing them they don't have to get in their car and go across town to see the prime of this gene brevity it's a miracle that thing won but um, so I, I think that the art house snobism is uh, a, a trend at the Oscars that we certainly see in this director race in a profound way. And so I think that this uh, uh, Bong Joon-ho thing is very real. I think it would best picture if it doesn't encounter the Roma problem that Susan was mentioning. And uh, Susan, exp explain what you meant by that. Well, last year, a lot of us thought Roma would win and Alfonso Cuaron would be best director. But, you know, when you have the option of giving it the best foreign language film and then you can, you know, give an award to something else, I think sometimes that that's a way to get your, you know, cake and eat it too. But, of course, you know, best foreign language is nothing to sneeze at, but it's not the same as getting the big one. And And I think maybe... That will be a way to, you know, pay back what they love about Parasite. But you're in the midst of Hollywood. I'm not. So <laughs> I, I do. Susan lives in the D.C. suburbs. Yeah. Right. So, but, you know, I went to Middleburg and everybody was talking about Parasite a lot. You know, maybe more than Mr. Rogers, because I think as much as I love that movie, it's just not the right time for something like that to be. It's like, not pretentious either. It's yeah. a lovely, wonderful movie, everybody. Wow, it's so good. But what I like about both the Tarantino film and both the Scorsese film, it's sort of both a culmination of where they are now. Both of them, you know, Tarantino's in his 50s, um, Scorsese's in his 70s, and it's movies reflecting on age and, you know, how the industry treats you and and, you know, obviously crime and Hollywood are two different things, but, but it's, it's older men reflecting on where they are now. And I think that's very interesting to me that they're both at that stage in their career that, you know, they're looking back and forward at where they are as filmmakers. And both of these films, too, reflect really what I think most people like about what they do in movies and the subject matter and things like that. So they're not really that far apart. They're just, you know, reflecting their differences and their styles and their interests. And it's, it's interest. I mean, I love that these two films are the big ones, at least for now, because, you know, it's kind of a payoff to these two great artists and they're doing their best work right now, I think. Yeah. It's interesting. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, it's interesting that um, yeah, another potential avenue for Bong Joon-ho is that if 
these two nostalgic films um, from these uh, really admired uh, uh, veteran filmmakers, Tarantino and Scorsese, uh, both kind of looking back and reflecting on age. I wonder if they might attract a similar voter, which uh, would further open the door for uh, Bong Joon-ho to kind of come up the middle with that this very kind of left field film that takes you by surprise every 30 minutes or so. Um, so yeah, that, that, that that's an interesting three-way race that could shape into. There is, and the uh, in a case for Scorsese for, to win here, and this to go all the way to Best Picture is that it is it is the movie people are talking about the most. Of course, yeah, they've got this parasite thing brewing over here that they love to to uh, talk about. They, the voters, and they, the the film industry leaders. But the movie they are talking about, everyone's talking about with great admiration and great affection, is The Irishman. And the movie prior to that that they were talking about with great admiration and affection and love for Tarantino was Hollywood. So uh, it's often the Oscars are led by what they're all talking about. And uh, the uh, this this uh, longing to to reward. I love the reflection point you're bringing up, Susan. That's wonderful. The, uh, these old men looking back at their lives because the Academy is older. And uh, award watchers like me are older, and we and we do often uh, respond so powerfully emotionally to that to that factor. And Scorsese, you look back through Oscar history, you should you would think at some future date, Scorsese should have won too. Come on, Clint Eastwood won too, and so and so. So many of these directors have won too. This category is full of double winners, and um, the. The case for Tarantino is that he's never won. It's really a shame. If there's one thing that Quentin Tarantino has established in his life is that he is just one of the greatest filmmakers ever made. My God, he has to have an Oscar for direction. It's criminal that he doesn't. And so um, those are very important factors, and it's often about the person behind the camera that I think some of the reasons we've seen uh, Guillermo and, and uh, Iñárritu and, and Cuaron winning is that they alone, the three amigos, are just so admirable and commendable and, and, and uh, such strong affection for them that I think that helped drive their wins. And there is an enormous amount of affection for Scorsese and Tarantino. And let's remember always and never forget, this is an award, this is, this is an award where Hollywood's voting on itself. And you never should forget that uh, what's happening is we're getting an inside peek at the family of Hollywood and who they love and who they don't and who's in and who's out. And that's what's naughty about it. It's often not about who wins, of course. It's who's due. And uh, that's the reason we love the Oscars and these three personalities in this race. Wow. It's a, it's exciting to see, and it can go any which way. There is one left curve, though, and that's giving a streaming film an Oscar for Best Picture. They haven't done it yet. <laughs> well, they came really close to doing it for Roma. And if you consider that Roma was not only a streaming film, but a black and white film uh, in, you know, not in the English language, it was a Spanish language film. Um, it, it, it didn't have big stars in it. Um, it its lead actress was, uh, you know, kind of a, an unknown uh, first-time actor. Um, so the fact that it got as close as it did 
might mean that the barrier, the streaming barrier isn't quite as strong as it could be because now you've got a, a, a Scorsese movie starring Robert De Niro. The reviews are incredible. People will be able to watch it when it starts streaming whenever they want. Um, so it'll be more accessible than most uh, awards contenders. Uh, so I, I think this will be the big test of whether streaming will be, uh, you know, could could be a really big thing at the Oscars in the years to come, um, or whether there might still be some barrier to entry from, you know, the, the the sort of the purists who feel like Netflix is kind of barging in on their territory. Um, so I, I think I think this is the test case much more than Roma was, and Roma was a pretty good test case as it was. Um, so so that that could uh, that could certainly factor in. Um, and with that, uh, you know, uh, we will be discussing this race throughout the season much more um, and every race at the Oscars. So uh, go visit goldderby.com and make your own predictions and prove us wrong uh, if you think you know better than we do, which uh, many of you probably do. Um, and we will see you back here next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.